Welcome back, friends. Today's episode, we are diving into our favorite book recommendations and how we find the books that we want to give to our children to read. We could seriously talk for weeks and weeks on end about books and our undying love for them, but instead we'll just share 30 minutes of recommendations for you guys on how to get books into your home that your kids will be unable to resist. We talk about board books, picture books, and chapter books. The different things we look for in each of these categories, some of our favorite recommendations, as well as more places to look when you run out of books to offer your children. So we hope you love this episode and you love books just as much as we do. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Outnumber the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. We're experienced moms to a combined total of 18 children. Our mission is to help overwhelmed parents find peace in parenting and humor in the chaos. Come join us as we attempt uninterrupted conversation about parenting with joy and intention. Hey everybody, welcome back. We are so excited about today's episode. Don't we say that every week? We're so excited, <laughs> but we really but are. We are. <laughs> Every single week, seriously. Um, we get asked about book recommendations a lot uh, as homeschoolers and just as um, avid readers. Well, you know, we go through our, our phases too, where we read a lot and then we, you know, I don't know, have a baby and have no time. But um, we get asked about book resources. So we thought we would give you guys an entire episode about book recommendations and a few tips here and there for getting kids to read great um, quality literature. So we're thrilled to give you guys our book recommendation episode. Um, Audrey is going to start us off first by sharing a review, though. Right, absolutely. And I did want to say that if you haven't listened to our conversation with Jansen of Everyday Reading, that episode, go listen to that one. Um, It's really good about books, and she um, has tons of advice for getting kids to read, too. Okay, so yes, we got a really sweet review. It's from Mandrella11, and it says, Mom to Mom Encouragement. Such a great podcast. I especially appreciate how encouraging, vulnerable, and realistic Bonnie and Audrey are in their conversations relating to raising children and managing a household. They cover a variety of topics, and I have enjoyed listening to each episode, even if it's not something directly applicable to my current stage of life. Thank you so much. much. Oh, I just love reviews. Yeah. Vulnerable and realistic. We can't be anything but, right? (laughs) That's what I was just going to say is, uh, remember our our unofficial tagline, lower your expectations. We are all about figuring out the best way to survive, even if it means, um, yeah, being very realistic. Very. (laughs) Okay. So we decided to divide this episode up into uh, the different niches of books. Is it niche or or niche? I I don't know. I think you can say it both ways. But anyway, I think you can say both ways. <laughs> we've divided it into board books, those little baby books, picture books, chapter books, and classics. Um, we are considering doing a second episode all about those classics because uh, they just we could talk forever and ever and ever. But uh, we will definitely cover the younger books today. Yeah, we could probably do several episodes on classics <laughs> and adult books, right? I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to. So generally, these three categories, board books, picture books, and chapter books, refer to kids of graduating reading skills, but a good book can be beneficial to every age, especially um, if, if they're listening to it. I love to introduce um, books that are too advanced for my children by reading them aloud or through audiobooks, and um, they can pick some stuff up from it too. So uh, yeah, that's 
like we're going to separate them into these three categories, but there's definitely crossover. For sure. And that is one of the reasons they say that kids of all ages should be read aloud to even, you know, teenagers. Um, but those audiobooks, if you find yourself short on time or you're just not a huge fan of reading aloud for hours at a time, audiobooks are fantastic like that. And the other side effect of audiobooks being that they teach kids how to pronounce the vocabulary that they're learning in their books. So they don't end up like the rest of us that grew up without audiobooks, where we know all the vocab, but we don't know how to pronounce any of it. <laughs> I've embarrassed myself multiple times trying to use a word that I've read a hundred million times, but not quite understanding how to pronounce it. Like awry, someone should have told me that wasn't Ari, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. I, we've had some good chuckles over some of the things that um, a couple of our voracious readers have said and the way that they've pronounced some things. Yeah, it's adorable. Funny. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're also going to touch on a few different themes that we look for in every type of book. I mean, never in a million years could we tell you all the books that we've read and enjoyed or even all the best um criteria to use for picking a book, but we'll, we'll share some of our favorites with you. Um, just off the top of my head, some are work ethic. We love reading about books that teach work ethic, teach good family values, um, teach, you know, good versus evil, um, questioning the status quo. Is this the way things should be? You know, kind of like the hunger games, right? Um, teaching about intentional living, etc. However, I will say that even after sharing all those wonderful lessons that books can teach us, not every book has to be serious or deep, right? We have so many favorites that really teach us nothing except for how to laugh and be silly. And that's totally okay too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A good book maybe has both in it, right? Right. Okay. So we have some priorities for choosing a book to own as opposed to, you know, just one we check out from the library. Well, probably our first criteria is that we keep checking it out from the library over and over and over again because we love it so much. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, in fact, we may or may not have a few that uh, we bought from the library because we um, loved them so much. They were too... <laughs> <laughs> too well. <laughs> yeah, to return to the library. Uh, okay, so we have some priorities for choosing which books to own and have in our house too. They, we want them to have good morals. Um, we want them to be well-written. I, I have an issue with books that, I don't know, just are too simplistic. You know, every other line is she said, and he said, and she said, and he said, with not, with not mixing up, you know, <laughs> with not mixing up the English or the grammar that, you know, I want it to be superior in the way that it's written. I want, um, it, to be, want it to be better than something you could write. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I want we want it to provoke thought so that you're left thinking about it later and not <laughs> caveat that it's not a book that you're thinking about it later because it was disturbing but because it's right. caused you <laughs> to think about something in a in a new way and then we have a definite list of classics that we're always you know picking up one here or there uh, because either my husband and I loved them or they're on a couple lists that we'll talk about later, which, which lists that we follow to get books from. Right. And I will say that sometimes, well, very often when we talk about classic gold books, everybody thinks about the big gigantic tomes that nobody got through in high school, War and Peace and, <laughs> you know, um, Les Miserables or whatever. But we really believe that there are classics in every one of these, uh, types of books, in board books, in picture books, in early chapter books, in advanced chapter books. Like, I, I just think that there are classics in every area. And so we're going to share a couple of our favorites there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, so diving into board books or baby books, these are the books that are made of sturdy cardboard so your kids can um, 
look at them over and over and over again and not tear them the first or second time they're through them. So that's why these books um, are valuable because the, the little kids can play with them and learn to, you know, after they kind of get through the stage of putting everything in their mouth and they're not really looking at the book, um, they can, I don't know. I, I was going to say one criteria is when they're old enough to recognize whether a book is held upside right or right side up or upside down. But, but I have had some kids that have been really, really late on holding a book upside down and perfectly really? enjoying the book as much as, you know, and they just turn a page and it's still upside down. <laughs> what on earth? Um, so anyway, that's not necessarily a criteria, but to the point where they can in, enjoy books a little bit. Um, things that we have noticed in board books that our babies prefer is our babies prefer photos over illustrations. Um, and I love to, like, they get really alert when you're showing them books that have actual photos instead of illustrations. So a good example um, of books in this category that we like to pick up are like Dor Dorling Kindersley books, DK books, and they have those actual pictures photographed like on a white background so that like an elephant really jumps off the page and, and, and you can see it or a tractor or, you know, a dog, whatever the subject matter is, it's on a white background. And, and I just like, I really prefer um, those kind of books. But again, here, there's a couple classics. Um, we really love uh, It's Time for Bed and um, Daddy Kisses, I Love You As Much. Those are the th top three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so these are, this is a great time to just really instill a love of, of books with your kids. And I try to never invest too much in these books because they're going to get destroyed. A kid's going to haul it around and stick it in the back of a ride-on car and then maybe spill some juice on it or whatever. That's why they're board books, right? Um, um, but yeah, I think that the reason that babies prefer the photos and illustrations is because there's, there's this... Um, this process of development, right? Like they're just barely learning object permanence, right? That like an elephant exists if it's not in the room with you. So to be able to see a picture and acknowledge, oh, that's a cool animal. That animal's not right here, but it really does exist, you know, that sort of thing. And then taking it to an illustration level is a little bit too much for I think those early years, or at least the, that first early year. Um, uh, so yeah, photos are fantastic. Bright colors are fantastic uh, with the white background, like you said. Um, this is also a really great time to teach basic moral beliefs with books, to learn about basic animals, shapes, colors, counting, uh, learn about family. Those are the things that really matter to, to babies, right, is identifying the world around them and feeling safe and loved. A couple of our favorites in the board book uh, realm are the first 100 books. In fact, those might be DK books. I can't remember now, but they, they basically show pictures of um, just all kinds of common objects in the world. So all the colors, it will show and teach all the colors, a bunch of animals. Um, it will do counting by, um, common household items. So you'll see, you know, three marbles and then four uh, pencils or whatever. So those are really, really easy ways to teach the kids about the world around them. Um, I love childhood scripture readers. Sometimes you can find those in board book forms, learning about the Bible or whatever, uh, Eric Carl has awesome, beautiful books um, that you can find in board form. Uh, Press Here is one of our favorites. Actually, the big kids love it just as much as the babies. It's a really fun one. Chicka Chicka Boom Boom is a fun one that's just silly but teaches about numbers. So anyway, lots of options. 
<laughs> we love Chicka Chicka Boom Boom. I think at one point we had it in board book, audio book, regular book, sticker book. We had like all the Chicka Chicka Boom Booms. <laughs> and another kind of um, board book that or beginning book that we didn't mention here is a lift the flat book. Um, my babies have really kind of gotten into books through a lift the flat book. You know, something's hiding in it, kind of a tactile, hands-on book. Right, right. I will say about those, though, those require just a little bit more supervision because babies love to rip the flap off. So. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> I usually help them hold those. Yeah. Okay, moving into picture books. Ooh, one of my favorite things in the whole world. <laughs> Mm -hmm. These are probably the ones that are most quintessentially associated with childhood. They're large, they're easy to read, easy to hold. Um, they have paper pages, sturdy covers, and wow, there's just some so many really good ones. Mm -hmm. It's so true. If I could invest all the money in the world in one thing, it'd probably be in picture books. Just fill my house <laughs> with them. I love them. I love them. These are my favorite to buy because literally every age loves them. You put a baby on your lap, they'll look through the book with you your early elementary, your later elementary, and even teenagers love them. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie The Blind Side with Sandra Bullock. We were just watching that recently, and there's a scene where they pick up the book Ferdinand the Bull um, and take it home with them, and she's reading it. The mom is reading it in bed with her little boy and also this boy that they've adopted who's a teenager but never got books read to him, right? And in that scene, the teenage girl who had this book read to her a million times is sitting outside the room so she's not embarrassed by like cuddling up with her mom, but she's <laughs> listening to the book with this big smile on her face. And I just thought, yes, that's what board books are for is, is to just create all these wonderful memories of cuddling and enjoying a story together forever. And hopefully our teenagers feel comfortable enough sitting in, you know, that happens all the time. My kids, my older kids are supposed to be doing work in another room and they just sidle up and just kind of sit on the corner of the couch, listening to all their favorite stories. I love it. That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oftentimes, my teenagers will read their favorite books to the little ones. Let's go get a book and read it, you know, and they're sitting on the couch snuggling. Yeah, reading yeah that's, a, that's a fun, non-embarrassing way for them to relive their favorite, uh, their favorite stories from childhood. I love it. I encourage that, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so some of our criteria for picture books are that the pictures have to be as good as the words or the story. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of a sucker for really amazing illustrations. Like, I can really appreciate that, too. Like, it's a picture book, so let's let's make good pictures. <laughs> yeah, basically, exactly. yeah, basically, basically, it looks like if it looks like I could draw it, then it needs to have, you know, been a little more effort put into it because I can't draw. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we like picture books that are captivating um, with lots to see or find in those illustrations. And definitely one criteria for us on a picture book, for me personally on a picture book, is that it has to be one that I can stand reading over and mm. over and over and mm -hmm. over. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Uh, yeah. So like, oh, I made this little joke. My mom sent this um packet of books to one of my kids one year for their birthday and it was all um dr seuss books and mm -hmm. one of them was a book that she actually hid from my little sister when my little sister was a kid because she couldn't stand reading that book to my little sister and i'm like mom <laughs> what are you doing to me <laughs> anyway all right, so some of our favorites, actually, I decided it would be better to list some of our favorite authors um, because there's so many different uh, 
books by these authors that we love. So Stephen Kellogg is one that my kids love. Um, any books written by him. He usually is like retelling Johnny Appleseed or some old story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don and Audrey Wood, their books, fantastic. One of them writes and one of them illustrates. A husband-wife couple. Stunning books. Um, I love to do ABC books um, ABC at the picture book stage. So tons of different, like, oh, alphabet books. So like the skull alphabet book. And it has like a to Z animal skulls and um, the a the insect alphabet book or the tractor alphabet book or you know you name it but how they can um, or that you know the the hockey alphabet book or you know you just go through it I just love these ABC books um, more favorites around here are fairy tale retellings um, so like the instead of the three little pigs and the big bad wolf the three little wolves and the big bad pig you know books like that. <laughs> And then we also try to introduce some bilingual books at this stage, um, like books in English and Spanish. So you read it in English and then you read it in Spanish. And uh, because at the at this age, when you're reading in picture books, their minds are like sponges. You know, they just lap up all this amazing um, sounds and words and pictures. And so it's a good chance to sneak in some another language, too. Yeah. And to read an entire book in one language and then the next, you pick up so many cognates. You pick up a lot of um, simple words that are used over and over and over. So yeah, that's that's a great, great, great skill. Okay. So what I love most about picture books is that many of them are perfect for early readers. So this is where your your kids that are just starting to read can start to flex their muscles, right? As soon as they get out of those boring Bob books or whatever, then they just <laughs> see Tim run. Then they can move on to the, so their, some of their favorite pic, picture books um, because most of them are fairly simple. But they also have complex enough stories that everyone stays interested, right? Because there's only so many of those Bob books you could read before you're like, okay, shoot me now. I don't want to yeah. hear about yeah. <laughs> the cat that sat on the rat anymore. <laughs> so that's why picture books are just such a fun transition for those early readers. Um, and most of them have pictures on every page, so they keep even the babies interested, even if the story gets more complex than they might be understanding. I will say that my main caveat with picture books um, is that I also have to love to read them, like you say, and read them over and over and over again. I do think that there are a lot of garbage picture books out there because it takes very little effort to make a picture book. You know, a quick little story and a little bit of illustration. And I think there's a lot of them that are written and put out there that have zero meaning to them, no purpose to them, except for, I will say here that comedy is a purpose. It's okay to just <laughs> have the purpose be to make you laugh. That's okay too. But I just, I, I've, I've picked up too many books at the library where I'm like, yawn there was that was not entertaining or uplifting or you know we're not gonna read that one again so I only buy them if I've read them if I've read excellent reviews or if I've gotten them through like a subscription service that I really trust and we'll talk about that more later but yeah if I don't love them they're not staying in my house and I just you know when I go through the house for goodwill donations those go get slipped back in that bag. Yeah, later. definitely. I So many times I have thought after I've read a book that my kids have brought home from the library or something, I'd be like, how on earth did this book get published? Right. Like, make it not through... an editor that was like, yeah. no, no, this means not, this is pointless. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's totally okay that some people love books that I think are pointless and vice versa. That's okay. But obviously you, you know, you're the one that gets to decide what makes it into your home and what you want to read 47 million times. So... <laughs> A couple of our favorite picture books are, well, the book with no pictures. I don't know if you've read that one. It literally has no, no pictures, but it's hilarious. 
Um, my kids love that one. So that one's a funny one. The Giving Tree is a really cute classic. Um, we love picture book versions of classics as well, especially Little House on the Prairie. We have quite a few of those. My kids have learned to love the story even at really young ages and then have gotten into the chapter books because they already know the story. Uh, Bark George is another silly fun one. But I, I, I think that picture books, as much as I love having good quality um, worthwhile stories in there, I think are just as as worthwhile if they make a kid want to read, right? Even if they're just funny and cute and they make a kid want to come back over and over. I think that's totally, totally legit. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely good to practice reading skills. There is one more area in picture books that we kind of like, and that is picture books with no words. (laughs) So yeah, for pre-readers, so books like um, Tuesday, that's a really awesome book with no words. And then books um, that are like the I Spy books or the Where Wal- Where's Waldo books um, that keep a kid occupied for a long time and they don't really need to know, um, th- there doesn't need to be any words for for them to have to read, for them to enjoy the books. So that's another. Yes. Oh, yes. I was going to say that those are fantastic for keeping kids quiet in places like a doctor's office or a church meeting because they'll just sit and pour over the book without trying to sound out every word. I have a, I have a beginning reader right now who is the loudest reader on the planet. <laughs> she, she lays in bed trying to read and she's like, eh, 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 and then kids are like, go to sleep. Stop reading. That one. <laughs> so the I spy books are better for that. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah. I do have to say, um, put one caveat in here. You talked about, um, picture books that are garbage with no real meaning. And I have started to notice and be wary of picture books that have a definite agenda um, that are pro- um, that are different than that that are different from the agenda I have in raising my family. And so I definitely, um, if a book is a new book at the library, I'll definitely skim through that one um, before I let my kids check it out and bring it home. Um, because there that's the thing. Some, some books have agendas, some people have agendas, and if it's not in line with my values that I'm raising my kids with, then it doesn't come home with us. Yeah, exactly. And there's nothing wrong with a book trying to persuade someone to do or think some way, right? Like if I were writing a book, I would have definitely an agenda as well. But you make a good point to just double check that that agenda aligns with what you're trying to teach your family. That's really important. Yeah. So um, so we don't have time like to read all the books that our <laughs> kids want to bring home, like before they come home from the library. So sometimes it's good um, and you don't want to bring home a bunch of trash books. So we like to use trusted source book trusted sources like everyday reading um she's got so many amazing lists like if you get on her email list um she'll send you 35 awesome picture books that your kids are going to love about town or you know whatever (laughs) and and always she's sending out great ideas and i i always um make a list before i go to the library of ones that she has recommended um another suggestion is to try a new book from a favorite author and um then just ask, ask your friends, ask your siblings, ask your, you know, whoever, what's a book, what's an author that you like and, and try it out. Yeah, totally. Okay. Our last section that we want to talk about is in chapter books. This is a really exciting time for your kids because all of a sudden they can read fluently. They have a long enough uh, attention span that they can read many, many pages without any pictures. Some chapter books have no pictures. Some have some occasionally sprinkled in. Um, but I will say that this is also where choosing what to bring into your home can get tricky because I don't know about you, Audrey, but I cannot keep up with my kids 
reading appetites and read all these chapter books before they bring them in or, or simultaneously, whatever. Uh, we don't have that free time or the desire to read all these chapter books our kids are bringing in, right? My kids oh, get I like, know. for a birthday, they'll get like 37 uh, Amber Brown is not a crayon books. So I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> good luck with that. I'm not going to be reading those with you, but, um, but this is where it's important to teach your kids standards ahead of time, right? Because there are quite a few young adult books that you don't want in your home. Um, talk about talk about what they're reading. If they're reading a book, ask for a synopsis. Ask them to tell you a funny story that happened in it or a sad story or, you know, just check in with them regularly about what they're reading. Um, pay attention, get interested. Um, pay attention to their to their new interests interests that are coming about. Maybe they came from a book or maybe they will spark a love in a new series, etc. Uh, just in regards to that, I have to share that when I was a, a kid, probably late elementary age, I read all the Babysitter Club books back when they were really popular in the 90s. And there was a character in those books who I think she hosted the, the club meetings and she was like a candy-aholic. And so she had candy stashed in every corner of her room. And I remember thinking, that is awesome. <laughs> like she was like my hero because we never had candy in my house or treats really many treats of, of any kind. And I just remember thinking that when I grew up, that's how, how I was going to live is I was going to have candy stashed in every corner of my house. <laughs> so cute. So my mom probably should have checked a couple of secret drawers in my desk back then. But, you know. Oh yeah. How to choose and what to look for in chapter books. That's yeah, that's like a, a, the quandary, right? So um, sometimes I, because our kids are spread out in age, I do um, oftentimes have an older sibling pre-read like the first book of a that of an author that you know my my younger child will say, I really want to read this book, and I'll turn to one of my older siblings and I'll say, Hey, could you you know read read this book first and make sure that it's where we're wanting to head with our with our morals and stuff in the family. Again, trusted authors um, is a great place to stick with um, in chapter books. Uh, I too have a warning about the young adult section. I would say that upwards of 75, 80, 90% of books in the young adult section are trash. <laughs> I would probably agree with that. <laughs> So I just encourage my kids just not to get a book from the young adult section. And unless it's been specifically recommended from a trusted source and, you know, somebody has pre-read it and said it's okay, because I think that's just like, hmm, there's so much stuff being introduced that I just don't need introduced into my home and my family and my mind and yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, so I encourage my kids to explore different sections of the library. So I think I've mentioned, maybe it was on one of our Patreon episodes. Um, I mentioned that in the summer I give my kids, you know, kind of basically free reign at the library with the caveat that they have to choose a book from a section of the library that they haven't been in before. So, you know, the sports section or the um, bio autobiographies or the poetry section or a play, bring home a, a, a play and read that. And, you know, of course I look through it first to make sure it's acceptable. Um, that's a, a neat way to get a kid interested in something new. Um, historical fiction I find is usually safe because while sometimes they do have a modern day, the modern day attitudes, like they give the characters like a modern day attitudes, you can't, change history for for the most part so like you can you can change you can maybe change the way a character behaved or thought or acted but because it's historical fiction but you can't change you know the fact that the titanic 
it's not, nobody can change that. So <laughs> those right. are a little bit safer usually. Um, I do not hesitate or shy away from encouraging my kids to read books that are too advanced for them. Um, it encourages, uh, and, and like we were talking about audiobooks, that's a good way to do it, but it does encourage an uptick in vocabulary and reading comprehension and skills. And like, so I'll say, um, okay, you find a vocabulary word in here. You find a word in this book that you can't read, put your book down, go get the dictionary, find out, you know, if you can't get it from the context, what, what does this word mean? And, and I love encouraging books that are, are too advanced for them. Um, I also recommend finding a, like if you're homeschooling or even if you're not, find a good literature curriculum and start working through some of their book lists. Um, Sunlight, it, we'll link it in the show notes, homeschool curriculum is definitely a um, book-based curriculum and they have amazing, amazing literature that they recommend. And because it's from a Christian uh, publisher, I do generally trust everything they have to recommend. Yes, I love that you mentioned uh, getting them from trusted authors because I will share this. In recent years, uh, in trying to help feed my teenagers and older kids voracious reading appetites, um, I have we've we've leaned into series, right? Because you know, at least they're occupied for longer than a day because it takes a little bit longer to get through a five or six or seven book series. Um, and so in asking around with friends with similar values, we've found authors that have created multiple series and have found out that a lot of these authors are, are these good Christian people who they don't advertise that they're quote unquote Christian books, but you just know that they have their authors with morals and so that their books are going to be cleaner than other ones. So that has been a, a, a good secret Ask around in the groups of friends that have similar values to you, whether it's a book club at church or, um, you know, whatever, because uh, that that has really helped us a lot. Instead of constantly trying to reevaluate, what about this book? What about this book? What about where we just look at the author and go, oh, yeah, it's so and so. That's going to be a great book. Go ahead. Read it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. We definitely do that, too. In fact, some of our favorites are I'll get into specifics here. The Little Bridges series by Ralph Moody. Um, Anna Green Gables, that series, um, any of the childhood of famous American books, those are really amazing. My kids love to read about um, Americans that founded, uh, famous Americans that founded this country and what their childhoods were like. Um, Mad Scientist Club books, any book by Roald Dahl, Edith Nisbet, C.S. Lewis, um, the Hardy Boys books. They're, like, there's so many, but yes, absolutely. When you find a trusted author, keep going. Okay. Yeah. Really sharing recommendations with chapter books is kind of torturous. There's just so <laughs> many, and there's so many varieties to everything from simple fluff books. Like I said, the Amber Brown is not a crayon ones, just good for easy readers that really don't have much purpose to them, but just kind of fun. Um, to, you know, whatever the, the massive classics that our kids read in high school and college, et cetera. Um, but you just you just said so many good things about them. Really, it's just kind of a trial and error thing, um, and and communicating with your kids to make sure that they're constantly getting getting good stuff and paying attention to what they're really really interested in. There have been a couple books where I thought I don't know if my kids gonna like this, but they just devour it, and I'm like, okay, let's get them more of the same. That was what uh, fantasy. Okay, you love fantasy. Let's go find some more of that, etc. Um, some of our favorites. I talked about Little House on the Prairie before, but I will again just because they're just so cute. They talk. It just teaches so much about this other world that our kids don't know much about. Audrey's kids probably know more about, you know, taking care of the animals and living a little bit out of town, et cetera. But I just love, and my kids have been obsessed with learning about a different way of life, right? 
Yeah, um, my my kids love those books because they can relate to them. A lot of things they can relate to, but then they're like, oh my goodness, can you believe they had to do this for the animals? And we have this that we don't yeah. have to, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. They can see how much easier their life is now. One of the ones, we were just reading one of the early ones and my kids were like, I can't believe the dad had to like stay up all night with his rifle to scare away wolves from attacking the family. I'm like, I know, isn't that crazy? So those are just fun. Uh, a couple other classics that come to mind of these early chapter books are The Witch of Blackbird Pond, my daughter just read, A Wrinkle in Time. That was my, hands down, my favorite book if kids are into fantasy. Um, Brandon Sanderson is a good author. Shannon Messenger is another good author. My kids have been into a series called Keeper of the Lost Cities by Shannon Messenger, and they have been reading or listening to them nonstop for like a year now. So I'm, I don't know what we're going to do kids- when they're all over <laughs> My kids are reading those books too, or listening to them, or yeah, yeah. My kids love those too. Too, because everybody's obsessed with them. I'm like, all right, I guess I better pay attention then. <laughs> I haven't read any of them, but I did have one of my older readers read them first. Older kids read them first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they look really fun. Okay, yeah, we like um, to have our kids read books, chapter books, where the characters have character. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So they have good worth it, good work ethic. Um, I don't really like my kids reading books where like they're helpless females and they, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but strong, capable humans that have, you know, like a goal in life, like things that I want my kids to be. I love them to read those kind of books. Yeah, we could really talk all day about the different qualifications for reading books. But in the end, it's totally up to you and your family. Um, we've just you know, shared a couple of warnings for those older books that there's just, you know, there's always stuff out there that you might not want to bring into your home. Just be aware of that, but also be aware of how many good, wonderful, beautiful books there are out there. Um, and to bring in as much as possible of those into your household to get your kids that love of reading. Go back and listen to episode 30. That was the one where we had Jansen of Everyday Reading on. She shares lots of tips for getting kids um, a love of of reading, but don't give up on those kids that don't uh, don't show a lot of interest yet. Um, because they'll come around. I really, I really firmly believe that. So in our show notes, we're going to be listing lots of recommendations. We'll list all the books we mentioned today, um, as well as some of our favorite resources for finding recommendations, which include Amazon. We just, I just read reviews nonstop, right? If I get on and they have, you know, 800 five-star reviews, chances are good. We're going to like that book too, right? We mentioned um, Jansen's blog. There are also a million and one other book blogs. Um, Just Google them out there. That's our favorite, but um, lots and lots of those. I also love really good book subscriptions. Bookroo is one that we've used for a long time. They do both uh, picture books and chapter books, um, and they do a lot of research into the book. So we've never, we have yet to get a book that we have not liked from one of those subscription services. I will say though, as a warning, I have done an adult subscription book service before that I was not a fan of, mainly because they didn't go out and find like, <laughs> I think they just found like kind of the most, um, I don't know, titillating, exciting new books. And many of them were not up to my standards morality wise. So there, there's your warning there for the adult subscription services. Um, the Well-Trained Mind is a, uh, it's a, it's a massive book that is um, designed for home educators, but it has book list after book list after book list for all different ages. That's a great place to start if you're looking to uh, incorporate some more classics and more really, really good literature into your kids' reading, especially um, while we're doing, you know, distance learning or learning at home. Um, And then Audrey mentioned the Sunlight Homeschool Curriculum. 
Last but not least, there's the award-winning books, right? So there's like the Newbery Medal, the Caldecott Medal, the National Book Award, so many award lists that you can just Google. And if you start there, you could be busy forever and never get through them all. And all of them are just great, great, great books. So hopefully those resources will keep you busy for a good long time. Yeah. Yeah. We mentioned so many good books and authors in this episode. So if you have like a reluctant reader, we definitely recommend trying some of these. And on the other end of the scale, if you have a voracious reader, please grab some of these books and the authors that we've been talking about and have fun. Thanks so much for tuning in. Did you know you can help the podcast in several ways? First up, we're on Patreon and there are three different levels to support us there. Just head to patreon.com slash outnumbered. Next up, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a written review on iTunes. It helps other parents find the podcast and receive the help you're enjoying. And finally, you can follow us on Instagram at outnumbered the podcast. We're always having fun over there too. As usual, if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can reach us at outnumberedthepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. 